Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the group editor of Woman and Woman at Home magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV Times, What's on TV and TV and Satellite Week magazine. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 14th of July 2023, including the return of Apple TV's galaxy-spanning sci-fi saga Foundation and the highs and lows of a disgraced tennis legend in the ITVX documentary series Boris Becker, The Rise and Fall. And we'll also be checking out the new sports documentary Quarterback on Netflix and the return of comedy Who Done It? The After Party on Apple TV+. But first in, what is in the news, please? In Prime Video's action-packed eight-part horror drama The Bondsman, Kevin Bacon will play a bounty hunter who returns from the dead, finds love and resurrects his musical career. What else is in the news, Hannah? Well, the brilliant Gillian Anderson is joining Netflix's drama The Abandons, set in 1850s Oregon as a formidable widow. Oh, she is quite formidable, isn't she? Who has made a fortune from her late husband's mining business. Looking forward to that. Quite sporty this week, but also a little bit of sci-fi and a bit of a whodunit as well. We're going to start on Apple TV Plus with the return of Foundation, and here's a clip. This is even bigger than the last crisis. An empire breathes respect. It requires it for its life. The foundation is a threat to me. I will look at them in the eye and reclaim what is ours. So this is season two. It arrives on Friday, July the 14th. There are 10 episodes. And for anyone thinking, I can probably get the gist of it. I didn't watch season one, but um, I'll just start straight into season two. Or don't, because I, I tried to do that and it's absolutely impossible. So, yes, what we probably should have done is get my colleague, who is our resident foundation expert on, to review it for us. But never mind. Um, what I can say is... It looks amazing. Uh, they've spent a lot of money on this. It's based on the novels by Isaac Asimov. Well, if, if I tell you what the sort of summary of season two tells you, and you'll realise how complex it is. As the Cleons unravel, a vengeful queen plots to destroy empire from within. Harry, Gull and Salvor discover a colony of mentalics with psionic abilities that threaten to alter psycho-history itself. So relatively straightforward, as you can see. <laughs> In English, please, now, Ian. <laughs> so what I do know is, well, we start, it's a very exciting start, actually. Um, there are these three clone kings. They're called Brothers Dawn, Day and Dusk. I like what they've done there. And one of them, Brother Day, is played by Lee Pace, who spends a lot of time with his top off. And if I was as ripped as he is, I would do as well. We start off and he's he's making love and suddenly all these ninja type assassins burst into his bedroom. There's a fantastic action scene. I mean, all the set pieces in this are brilliantly choreographed and the special effects are superb as well. And it turns out that, uh, well, of course, I didn't watch season one, so I wasn't up to speed. He was making love with his robot girlfriend. That's what life's going to be like in the future, of course. In series one... 
the brilliant Jared Harris, who's done so many great things, Chernobyl, Mad Men, he's just superb. So he played the this scientific guru, Dr. Harry Selzen. Through a mathematical calculation, he predicted that the empire would face this massive disaster. And so a group of exiles called the Foundation went to sort of build a new civilization on the planet Terminus. Okay, are you with me? So... <laughs> So as we rejoin, it's more than a century after the finale of the previous season. Yes, as I say, there's this assassination attempt. Meanwhile, Foundation hero Salvor Hardin, played by Leah Harvey, she's getting to know her biological mother, Gal, played by Lou Lobel, and they go on this uh, dramatic mission uh, involving going underwater. It's got an interesting look. I mean, I'd say Brother Day, he's almost got a, he looks a bit like a sort of Roman ruler, I guess. The spaceships and the, the planetscapes all look amazing. I mean, it, perhaps if there was one criticism of it, perhaps it's a little bit sort of earnest and worthy, but if you like sci-fi, I mean, this is about as, as extravagant and ambitious as it gets. So, But I would say, yeah, do watch series one because you will have absolutely no idea what's going on otherwise. Hannah, uh, not sure this is one for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so complicated for my brain. I really struggled. Um, you are so right. You need to see... Um, the first series because otherwise you're going to be um in trouble um there are 10 episodes here of this and um i feel like it's brain overload i mean you know you've tried to kind of um condense all the information in quite a short period of time much better than i ever could and i i just it blows my mind um there's some eye candy in here as you mentioned very good lovely enjoyed that um there's it's very gritty um, it's full on, it is worthy, like you say. I'm not a massive sci-fi fan, as anyone who listens to this will know. But it does what it does very well. I mean, you, you, you can't get away from that. But I just find it complicated. And I often talk about when you, um, well, for me anyway, when you, and, and lots of people are very busy, donating that time to sitting there and doing one thing and one thing only is often quite tricky. And I think that that's exactly what you've got to do here. You need to clear the decks, sit down, watch the first season, um, and then get into this and, and do nothing else because you will have lost yourself within 10 minutes otherwise. So, yeah, I think I think it's good. I think people that like sci-fi will like it. There's lots of elements to it. But clear your day, clear your evening, do, no, do nothing else. Okay, now we move on to the first of two sports documentary series that we're looking at this week. It's on ITVX. It's Boris Becker, The Rise and Fall. And here is a clip. Boris Becker took the tennis world by storm when he won Wimbledon, aged only 17. Boris is one of the, the greatest players there ever was. He became a symbol of success that a whole country was hitching its wagon to. Boris, congratulations. Can we have a few words with you? He became as famous as a rock star. You and I both like um, these sort of sporting documentaries, um, don't we? And I, and I know that you're a bit of a fan of Boris Becker, and I find him absolutely intriguing. And, of course, he was um, absolutely excellent in his day, becoming uh, the youngest 
champion at Wimbledon and particularly timely, obviously releasing at Wimbledon is on. And he was just 17 years old when that happened. And this literally does exactly what it says on the tin. It charts the rise and subsequent fall of Boris Becker. The thing is, is that I don't know about you, but I spent a lot of time sort of thinking I knew quite a lot about him, thinking I knew about the stories of, you know, the the um, the love child and um, sort of his bankruptcy and, 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 and what have you. But actually this charts the whole thing and there's lots of the pieces of the puzzle that were kind of missing that aren't anymore for me. And um, it's very close. You see lots of, you know, footage that I've certainly never, ever seen before. Um, and also the personal side. So there's this great tennis player, but then alongside this and this huge, we've seen it a number of times before, haven't we, where people are just so successful, earning loads of money, and their personal life kind of, I suppose, just spirals. And, and to a degree, this is kind of what happened here, and I'm not excusing any behaviours when I say that, um, but you can see the two sort of running um, alongside each other, so the, his meteoric rise and huge fall from grace. So it's two parts, and um, it, it's got lots of interviews, exclusive interviews with people that know him really well um, for the first time, so lots of new content here. Um, I didn't know that his divorce, um, his first divorce cost him $11 million, awful lot of money. Um, and that was sort of started the financial downfall, and of course, then eventually he ended up inside. Um, he does seem quite a likeable character in places, which sort of almost goes against, you know, some of the behaviours, um, I should say. But like with any of these things, you've got a genius on your hands and then you are seeing exactly what's happened. So not just the pieces that we're piecing together from newspaper reports or articles or what we've heard or whatever on radio. This is the real true story. So I found it I found it incredibly interesting, incredibly sad in places um, and reminded me just how brilliant he was um on the court did you enjoy him i did enjoy it however i think it it suffers slightly because it's not so long ago that alex gibney's feature length documentary boom boom boris becker versus the world was on tv and it's only a matter of months that was very very good so i kind of think it's too soon for this to be shown because anyone who watched that a lot of this material has been covered in that film. I suppose the difference is um, we're hearing more from the wives and girlfriends in, in, in this one. But yeah, it, Pat Cash features and he does make the point that, you know, of course, Boris was 17 when he when he won Wimbledon, which is incredibly young and and became like a rock star, basically and was on chat shows and so on. And anyone who who gets that level of success that young, I think it's, you know, they're quite likely to go off the rails. And, and, and sure enough, that's what happened with Boris. But he seems to have been, I mean, although things didn't work out with a number of women, they still speak quite fondly of him and say, you know, how charming he was and how funny and, and caring. But he just sort of had this fatal flaw um and sort of on the court he 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 performed best when when his back was against the wall when things were going really badly and he kind of took that high risk strategy into his financial affairs and of course came an absolute cropper so i miss seeing boris on the wimbledon 
coverage wearing his blazer um and i think he's he's a charming guy but having seen gibney's documentary quite recently yeah i i kind of felt a lot of this was already quite familiar but it's still worth a watch we're sticking with sport now for another new documentary series on netflix now this arrived on wednesday the 12th so it's been around for a couple of days it's called quarterback and here is a clip this is about as close as they'll ever get to seeing what it's like to be a quarterback in this league. I dedicate my life to football. All day, all day. I love to compete. I love the relationships that come with that. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. So eight episodes for this one. I've talked before about Last Chance You, another Netflix series, which followed, well, series the first couple of series followed junior college American football players who, who were just kind of their last shot at the big time. This is not dissimilar, but it's the NFL, which is the top flight of American football. And what they're doing is they're following three quarterbacks during the 2022 to 23 season. And if you like American football, it's just great. So the three of them are, there's uh, Kirk Cousins, who plays for the Minnesota Vikings, and it's almost kind of like, sort of like his last chance to shine. He's he, he's quite a mature guy. Then there's Marcus Mariota, plays for the Atlanta Falcons, and Patrick Mahomes, who's quite young, and he won the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. So they're mic'd up, and so you see them, a lot of gameplay, a lot of chat on the sidelines with the coaches, but you also see them at home. They're all family men. It's similar to a lot of the Netflix sports documentaries that are consistently good. And it's an absolute must watch for anyone who likes American football. So, yeah, I've already watched a couple of episodes and I'm, yeah, I'm really into it. I love it. What did you think, Hannah? Yeah, well, I do. Um, well, I just like this sort of thing, but I don't know much about American football. So something like this um it almost teaches me things as well, which I like. And I don't know what it is about these sort of documentaries. They, um, they're pacey, aren't they? They just, I don't know, they're intriguing. I, I don't think you even have to, well, like me, you don't have to like the sport or know much about it to be um, interested and for it to kind of captivate you. And I think, I mean, Netflix just do things very well, I think. They throw quite a lot of money at things. And this just has a bit of a wow factor to it. Um, everything's just bigger and better, isn't it, in America? <laughs> and what's quite fun as well is that um cousins after after winning one game he just shouts uh at the camera as he's coming back to the dressing room you like that and then at the next game all the fans have got banners with saying you like that or we like that <laughs> and then you see mahomes because he's mic'd up you hear all the sort of uh sledging that goes on on the pitch and he's shouting at the opposition i'm here all day i'm here all day and there's one particular because as a quarterback these massive linebackers are all basically trying to break through the blockers and sack the quarterback just just well injure him if, if they can but just to th get him on the ground and get the ball off him so it's quite a high stakes you know it's the most important position in the team but it's also probably the most dangerous <laughs> so yeah no wonder these guys are heroes now we're going to finish with a returning comedy series called The After Party on Apple TV Plus, and here is a clip. Look who decided to call. Has there been another murder? Huh? Uh, 
Uh, actually... meet with that unique rom-com sequel this is not a sequel you are quite right so this is um season two and i had to refresh my memory a little bit about where we were at and, and, and what this was all about because i don't think i was a great lover the first time around and i'm not sure i'm a great lover this time around although i can see why it's good and i do like jack whitehall and jack whitehall is a big presence in this so um it's it's, a, it's, it's basically um, all about, it's a whodunit. Um, so there's a bridegroom who is found dead, uh, murdered at his wedding. And then um, every character, it's the usual, it's, it's, it's completely set up in the same way. Uh, every character is a, a suspect, particularly the bride. And um, each episode of this murder mystery um, explores what happened that evening from a different point of view so it, it's it's kind of good if you like that sort of thing but if i'm honest with you i find it a bit slow you know we talked a minute ago about things being pacey and kind of dragging you in and wanting to know this feels a bit sort of um tongue-in-cheek it doesn't feel very real I mean, it was not obviously um and it I don't know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't have any authenticity about it, and I. I don't know. But I, mean, I wanted it to be great. I, I wanted to really love it, and as I say, I kind of refresh my memory um, about season one. And Jack Whitehall, most things that he touches uh, turns to gold. And obviously, this is popular because it, it's come back for another season. But I just, for me, it just. I don't just think. Oh, yeah, I, you know, I have to watch the next episode. I really need to. See this. I really want to know who did it. I, I just didn't have that sort of. Um, that once it didn't it didn't grab me in that way and I might be on my own now I don't know what you thought Ian but for me it just I don't know it there are returning characters there are there's there's a thread from the original so as I say if you like the first one you'll you'll the first season you'll like this season um I just I don't know it just felt a bit empty it, it just it just felt like there could be could be more that's just my thoughts okay well of course, season one was about an after party, wasn't it? Nick? It was a party at a celebrity's house after a school reunion and he sort of literally fell off a cliff. And mm. then you had the police investigation and Tiffany Haddish was the detective, Detective Dana, and she's back and she's very good, actually. She's great value. Jamie Demetriou... Uh, the British comedian and comedy actor was in season one. And as you say, we've got Jack Whitehall as the best man in, mm -hmm. in, in this one. Uh, so, yeah, this all takes place at the wedding, as you say. And I did like the character of the bridegroom who 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 is murdered. But, but in each episode, you flash back. Each character tells their version of events from their point of view. And it's all each each sort of flashback is done in a slightly different style so one of them is like in the style of film noir for instance and the um the bridegroom's quite funny i don't know if he's on the spectrum or whatever his character but he just sort of he's brutally honest all the time even when it's very socially awkward so that's quite fun i mean i think it's it's pretty fluffy stuff isn't it i agree mm. with you in that i watched episode one and it was fine but i didn't feel Oh, I really have to like see it through to the end, and it's quite a lot of episodes. Uh, and I should say that, well, two two episodes dropped on Wednesday the twelfth, and then it'll drop weekly. This one, so you you can't binge watch it; you'll have to catch it week by week. But I think, I mean, there seems to be a real vogue for these 
whimsical whodunits <laughs> now, we, we, both on the big screen and on TV. So people obviously like them. And it, yeah, it's it, it's perfectly pleasant bit of entertainment. So um, yeah, I didn't mind it, but it's not it didn't blow me away. Now we've got to that time, Hannah, where we find out what the heck you've been binge watching on. Well, you'd have to be under a rock, wouldn't you, if you weren't watching Wimbledon at some point. Um, I'm definitely watching that and absolutely loving it. Partly just to look in the royal box or the, you know, just to see who's there. I love celebrity spotting um, in those situations. But anyway, um, and also a place in the sun because at the moment the sun seems to have disappeared. So I just want to uh, remind myself of what that big yellow blob in the sky really looks like. Agrees. Plenty of Wimbledon, plenty of Tour de France, which I absolutely love on ITV4. And I don't know about you, but with so many series that we sort of got part of the way through or got to the end of what was available and then never went back to. So we've gone back to the brilliant Ozark on Netflix just to finish that off. And if you've not seen it, it's highly recommended. Now, we've just got time to look ahead to what we're going to be talking about next week. So what's on the agenda, Brenda? Well, Carmi and his team want to take their Chicago restaurant to the next level as the bear returns on Disney+. And Aidan Turner plays an elite tennis coach facing allegations of abuse in the prime video drama 15 Love. So we look forward to those and much, much more. But in the meantime... Keep... 